Hello, everyone. It's been bloody ages since I've done a solo one. So, Holly, I hope you're ready for the edit of your life. <laughs> Always ends up being the case when I do one by myself. Like, Holly just has the biggest task of editing all my blips and my blabs. So, we are doing an off-season one. It seems to be that you guys really are receptive to the off-season anonymous... Oh, that's a bloody word. That word, that word I can't say. But yeah, the anonymous um, question boxes seem to be going down really well. So, we have done an off-season vibey one. So, let's get straight into it. First one. Post-show, binges in between shows, how to get back on track. So for me, if you are binging in between shows, for me personally, that is a sign that you need to stop all your shows. And that's, for me, that's your body basically going, tapping out and going, I'm done now, I'm done. Like, I think everyone gets to that point, maybe not everyone, but I think a lot of people get to that point where they kind of feel like they're battling against their body and their mind. And I always know when it's enough. Like I, not like I get the tendencies as much, but when your food focus is high and you do feel like you've kind of got this real deep rooted, like want to eat more. I think I say if it's post-show and you're struggling to get back on track, I would say pushing up your food higher is going to help. Stop trying to keep to low calories. Stop trying to do a slow reverse if that's maybe what's happening as well. Um, just get your food up straight away don't fuck about with it because it will make being back on track a lot easier if you are someone that is being rigid to a meal plan you might want to reassess this so you might want to look at just counting calories you might just want to look at macro tracking that sort of stuff can really really help as well but if it's binging in between shows that's your sign that you need to pull the plug and just get into an improvement phase and I know we love the saying, but the stage will always be there. So that would be my gut instinct and what to do. I can't write. Do you get this sometimes with these anonymous messages when like they've said a question? I'm like, surely no one's asked me this. Do you know what I mean? Like who I, I whether I'm wrong, if I'm wrong, then I'm wrong. But someone's gone, when was the last time you cried? And I'm like, I generally don't think anyone would really want to know that or ask me that when it's like an off season thing. Do you know what I mean? But I'll answer it anyway. Being totally honest, I might be oversharing here, but hey ho, it's the podcast. We've probably got too far. I've probably gone past that point anyway. Um, the last time I cried was actually yesterday. I have been doing counseling probably since been doing it again since about April time because I have been struggling with like my mental health and stuff. And it was actually an interesting session because we had um we had a bit of like oh I want to say like a breakthrough but we spoke a lot of stuff about like my childhood and I don't think I've really spoken much about my childhood for a long time and it definitely brought back a lot of tears and I actually drove home like very much crying <laughs> so the last time I cried was actually yesterday which was the 11th of October but I could have easily just said like some bullshit like blanket answer for that but this is probably something I do want to speak about on a different episode a bit more in detail but like not being um afraid of going to therapy seeking counseling if you do need to speak to someone because I found I've got to the situation where like I'm kind of spinning my wheels and I think in the past I've like dropped out of my counseling a bit too soon and I think for me where I've like I'm going with stuff now is kind of like in America where like, it's just like a normal thing that like you just you have a counselor therapist like every single week so yeah that's the last time I cried I don't think it, I think the bot asked me that but hey ho we move right next thing um I love your podcast and love compact too thanks for keeping it real and inspire us inspiring us newbies in the competing world that's basically I don't you we all know I'm not very good with this stuff um, <laughs> oh thank you thank you for that I try and keep it real like 
I think everyone has that degree of like you keep stuff to yourself still. But I, I do hope, I do hope I kind of have that, you know, I, I hit that boundary nicely. And we do talk about stuff that is kind of needed and very much wanted. So I appreciate that, Bubs. Thank you, whoever the hell you are. Um, next one. Do see actually this might be one. Um, sorry, I think I'm thinking, is it another bot one? Um, do you meditate? So this is quite an interesting one for me because I used to really like advocate or be like not a preacher but I used to like do a lot of meditation but then I found especially this year meditation wasn't helping well the way I used to meditate in the past doing it this year actually was making me feel a lot worse and then I was speaking to my husband Joe about this and he goes well it's interesting you say that because there actually are some studies that do suggest that for some people meditation actually can make whatever symptom you're feeling or whatever feelings you're going through can actually make a situation worse. So some for some people, sitting still with, with no with a very minimal noise and just focusing on your breathing can actually like instill a state of like panic or make you feel more more like anxious. And I felt actually this year, um meditation, the way I used to meditate has actually not helped me this year. And I've been like, well, everyone keeps saying you need to meditate, you need to meditate. And I've been like, what the fuck do I do? But Meditation, I think I've learned this year, is different for different people. So the way I probably meditate now, it doesn't, on paper, it probably might sound like I'm not meditating, but it still gives me the benefits of meditation, of what it can give you. So I found quite a lot recently that my way of meditation um, has been like, in the morning, it's been getting a lot colder now, but I'm still doing it. In the morning, I get the biggest cup of tea with my milk and my sweetener, two or three, depending. And I sit with one of the dogs outside and I kind of just sit on the step. And so the dogs are quite sweet, actually. When you go outside, they kind of will just like sit next to you and kind of like just take the whole world in. And because of like, it's quite spacious, not not spacious is the right word, but it's quite, um, it's quite like minimalist like my garden there's not a lot of stuff in it but there's a lot of trees and it's a very like calm quiet area that we live in as well so I found my way to meditate has changed in the sense that my in the mornings it's nice for me just to sit with a cup of tea with the dog and just listen to like the trees go by and like the wind and just like listen to peace and quiet and then sometimes in the car I never used to do this I actually there was a time during this year where I was I didn't really want to sit with my thoughts alone so I would basically like put music on or put like a distraction on whereas I know that I'm getting definitely to a better place now because I'm actually in the point where I've never been able to do this I can my a way of meditation for me sometimes can literally be being in the car in silence and list and kind of having the window down and listening to like the hustle and bustle of a town um so yeah as like a long-winded answer I don't think I, I do meditate, but not in the same way that I used to. But I think it just shows that, you know, with anything, you have to adapt. And the way you've done something last year might have served you, but the way that you need it this year might need to be changed and tweaked. And that's definitely how I felt with meditation. That's happened with me. Um, next thing, explaining the post-show process to loved ones who just don't understand why you can't be normal again. First thing that's come to my head when I've read that is... I think it's their focus on you being normal is dictated on you being able to eat the way that they do. And I think it's trying to show that you are doing normal stuff, which doesn't 
completely evolve around the food. So this could be going to events. This could be like some, this could be doing an activity that you probably would have said no to on prep because you had no energy. You probably didn't want to do it anyway because, you know, prep wise. Um, but doing something which is, is trying to be tactical with this and choosing things which are quote unquote normal, which don't include you having to feel the pressure to be normal in a food setup. And it's also trying to find ways of, you know, kind of meeting halfway. So could it be a case that you, know, you go to a meal and then you maybe have like the steak and then like chips on the side or you just have steak and salad? Like it's still doing something normal because you might be that person on prep that doesn't do anything social at all. Um, but I think it's it, it, you feel like you're literally hitting your head against a brick wall. Um, and I do think this happens especially the first few years of competing, it's literally saying the same thing again and again and again and again. And also trying to find different ways of communicating to that person again and again and again and again. So the way that I've like done it with my, like my mum, I would say, or like my gran is that like, they love going for like bloody coffee and cake all the time. And Sometimes like it wouldn't be a cake. I'd have like a cake, I'd share a cake with them like post-show, but then I would still have like a black Americano and that's literally it. So it's kind of like trying to find ways how you can kind of meet halfway. Um, and I don't think that's kind of, I think for me, that's more of like a long-term sustainable thing. I think it's, 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 it's a good skill to learn to do, but in terms of trying to explain the process, to loved ones who don't understand why you can't be normal again. I think it's maybe communicating to them, being like, look, this is the new normal. Like, this is something new. And it's kind of, it's it's weird because they they kind of learn and accept that you grow up. <laughs> like, you're not a five-year-old kid forever. But when you go through this competing process, I think, like, you're, I guess, from a parent's point of view, they see their child, like, morphing and changing again in quite a fast rate. But maybe when you've got to, like, 20 odd whatever they think oh yeah you know, growing you know all the growing's done we can kind of like just this just get used to this person being the way they are and then maybe competing like it's more for you and they're like shit like she's changed more in the past two years than what she had done like between maybe 16 and 18 so yeah it is a case of like constantly communicating and you might feel like you're literally pushing your point push, pushing your point it might feel like you are just constantly hitting your face face against a brick wall but I think it's just constantly trying to communicate um and it will get through to them at some point but yeah I hope that helps I don't know I'm sorry I, f- I finished that one probably broke haven't I but right, next one um your biggest fear oh Jesus Christ again I think this is a bad one I don't know is it a bad one maybe I'm just thinking everything's a bad now <laughs> um I don't know what my biggest fear is hmm I used to be very scared of needles, but now I'm actually pretty much used to it now because I've had to watch my husband, like, take his testosterone and stuff. So that's, like, used to be a fear, but now it isn't. Um, I think at the moment, a fear I have is I don't know how much longer I've got with my grandma. I'm turning 29 next month, so I know I'm very bloody blessed and very lucky to still have my grandma because not many people do. A lot of people don't have their grandparents at all anymore. But I think my fear at the moment is I don't know how much longer I've got with my grandma um, and that does get me very upset and makes me very worried so I'd probably say that actually right now is that I don't know how long I've got left with her 
Favourite podcast you've done with a guest this year? I, I've got a feeling this is someone that's been on the podcast and they're answering me, they're asking me this and I'm going, oh shit, if I don't say their name, I'm, I'm going to be, I'm going to be dead. Do you know what? It's, I, it's been, it's so interesting you ask that because I feel like there's been so many really good episodes this year, but also ones that I would honestly say have exceeded my expectations. So I would say someone that definitely, a few people that exceeded my expectations were Mia Blair. Lucy, Charlotte Ellis, Monica as well. But even, oh, it's hard because I feel like all of them have. A lot of them this year have exceeded my expectations. I think what I've been trying to do a little bit more is kind of not go, you know, have the on the service stuff, but see if I can try and get a little bit more of the deep person inside. Um, and that's kind of a tricky one because sometimes like you can tell someone's going to be responsive. And then sometimes they're not as responsive. Find it hard to see someone, but I would personally say Tony because I know for her, doing that episode that she did and opening up the way that she had done in that episode, I know that that took a lot for her and I know that she wouldn't have done that last year. I don't think she even would have come on the podcast last year. So yeah, I, I, as I said, I, even Shar Ellis, I feel like completely exceeded my expectations. Monica, I didn't expect to talk about, have so much in common with her. Mia Blair, like, it's such a tough one. I, I feel like generally if I had if I had to say someone, it would probably be Tony. Um, so yeah, I think it's that one. Right, next. Be all sick. All the episodes have been good. You should post more selfies. No, hun, because I have my hair in a shitty ponytail all the time. I wash my hair probably like once every two weeks if I'm lucky. To be fair, I've just had my Botox today, so maybe, I don't know. Um, it's a no from me. I'm just going to say it that way. Um, right, that is, <laughs> they are the questions um, that we had today. If there is any questions or any topics off-season related that you want me to go into this year, then again, let me know. Do you scroll back into last year's off-season ones? Because I felt like because I was in the depths of prep myself, I was able to kind of see things and talk about things in maybe a different perspective, a different angle. Whereas obviously this year, I'm very much in the off season. So I haven't got like, I guess I've got a different perspective again. So yeah, I will leave it there. But thanks for listening, guys. As per usual, don't know why you all listen to my rambles, but there we go. In the grand scheme of bodybuilding, hashtag we move. Does anyone else hate that when they see that? We move. Like, am I moving anyway? Anyway, I'm going to stop rambling. Holly's going to be like, for God's sake, just, just end this episode. This is why I don't do solo episodes these days, guys, because I just end up rambling. But lots of love. And I'll see you guys in the next episode.